Welcome to To Inspire. This is your host, Dennis Postema, and I am here with Caroline DiMasquita today. And Caroline is a certified health coach with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and specializes in female hormone balance, gut health, and metabolic repair. Caroline is a top three national level MPC wellness bodybuilder and coaches not just health clients, but also bodybuilding athletes and is a posing coach as well. Caroline graduated from OSU in 2014 with a bachelor's in agriculture communication and has worked in several corporate roles. Her entrepreneurial experience stems from being a freelance writer to owning and operating her own meal prep company, holistic health coaching businesses. She works with many clients who are in corporate roles because like them, she understands the stress and challenge to balance work and home life and your own health goals. She currently lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, David, and is excited to help more people find the connection with food, fitness, and sustainable lifestyle habits to be nourished and strengthened. Welcome, Caroline. We're so excited to have you today. Uh, love everything you do, and you used to be a neighbor, so that's exciting. Yeah, thank you for having me, Dennis. It's always cool to hear back from people in Ohio growing up in Northwest Ohio outside of Bowling Green. So I've got a lot of connections still that I keep in touch with, even though I don't make it back to Ohio maybe once or twice every year, but always love to keep in touch with my Midwesterners, that's for sure. That's awesome. And, you know, making it back to Ohio once or twice a year after living here, however many years, probably is enough, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, but on that note, tell me a little bit about growing up in, in Northwest Ohio and, and growing up, you know, doing what you did there and how you decided to put that into and how you decided to put health and wellness kind of at the forefront of, of what you do now. Um, Cause I, we have very similar backstories. So always excited to hear your story as far as that goes. Yeah. And it's very interesting how life unfolds because growing up, if somebody would ask me if I was ever going to be a bodybuilder or I was ever going to move to a big city like Atlanta, Georgia, I would have told them no way, never. And right. when you kind of, look at the background that I've had. I grew up in a rural community. Um, my high school, I graduated with 123 students, which I know for some schools, that's actually large. Yeah. But in that area, knowing about food and food production was a whole different thing. It's about, you know, the local agriculture movement, the way that our local farmers are raising the food, having community involvement, local farmers markets, the local events and activities right. and not as much on the nutrition side. And I've always been kind of like a petite slimmer build person. I'm five, four right now. I'm 132 pounds. Okay. And as I was growing up, I always kind of had that slim figure, but I was never really athletic. And once I got to college, you know how college goes for a lot of people, you start partying and enjoying yeah. food and social time, drinking, and after I graduated, I didn't put on the freshman 15. I put on the postgraduate 20. Okay. All right. So I moved from Ohio. I took my first sales, outdoor agriculture sales role and moved to Indiana. And then I moved to Grand Island, Nebraska. Okay. And when I moved out there and was working in my first agriculture sales territory, selling seed and chemical products, I was, you know, whining and dining with customers, going sure. to customer events. And that's what you do. You go yes, out to yeah. lunches, you have conversation over a meal. And eventually it was catching up with me. And I realized I had to take a step backwards yeah. because 
a lot of my family actually has heart issues, um, pre-diabetic, and that was a route I knew that if I didn't make a change now, I was going right down that path. Right. And so it kind of hit me one day that I need to make a change. I didn't feel good in my own body. And I found bodybuilding as almost an extreme weight loss measure. And I reached out to an old friend at Ohio State who coaches people. And she was my first ever coach. Okay. And ever since then, that was in 2015, I did my first competition, placed dead last, not even had enough muscle to really be on the stage, to be honest with you. But it was through kind of that journey of learning my body and understanding the discipline and the sacrifice and the day-by-day small habits that build up to the large results that really got me more into the sport. And then after the first show, I actually developed an eating disorder. And this happens to a lot of female competitors is you are restricting your foods so intensely that after the show, all you want to do is just eat the foods you couldn't eat, whether it's sweets, pizza, burgers and fries, you name it. Most of the time, they're very high sodium, salty, sugary processed meals because it's food that, you know, we're prepping our food for weeks and weeks, usually a 12 to 16 week prep. You don't want to have to cook your own meals after that. Right. You just want to enjoy going out. Drinking drinks. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it was through that cycle that, you know, I was restricting during the week and binging on the weekends. And I was punishing my body with overtraining, overdoing the cardio. And it was also through that time I I figured out that I had amenorrhea, which is a sign of PCOS. I lost my period for two and a half years. Oh my gosh. all these things built up and it was like I had to fix myself and figure out what the heck was going on with me and it was through that and this is part of my evolution and my journey was I learned more about the way not only the nutrients in our food affect our body but also the way the food is produced affects our body and that's a whole nother topic right and as well as our daily lifestyle. If we can't manage our stress, that affects our body. And especially any women out there, we are more susceptible to stress. Even though we seem really resilient on the outside, our body and our hormones are like, no, 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 you're too stressed. You aren't gonna make a baby because we're reserving your energy to prevent you from dying. And right now you're not sleeping well and your cortisol's through the roof. So. We're going to not let you lose body fat because we're trying to preserve any sustenance that you have because we think you're dying. Yeah. So it's been like over the past five years has just been so much I've learned about myself, but also with the network and mentors and clients that I've worked with already, it's become such a big passion of mine to connect the food to the health, to the sustainable lifestyle. I was going to say, is that what inspired you to dive like into women's health and uh, hormones as far as that goes, all that that went on with you when you started into this journey? Can you tell us yes. a little bit more about that? Sure. And it's definitely not ended either. So the first thing, first time that I found out I was having any type of hormone issues was in 2015 when I first started my competition prep. Okay. And I lost my period after like one or two weeks of just like a strict meal plan. I wasn't necessarily dieting. 
Okay. And I was, I think I was at a maintenance level for that time. And when I was doing that, um, I kind of thought back to like my hereditary history and just like growing up, like if I ever had any hormone imbalances, I'd have like a little bit of acne, PMS acne, and I'd have fluctuation with my cycles. Like some cycles I'd have maybe two days I would bleed, then I'd skip a month. And then through that, I just, you know, wouldn't really have any good tracking measures. And so that was like the first indicator was, okay, I think I'm actually like my genetics, I'm susceptible to this. And then I just started going to gynecologists and doctors to try and figure out, okay, am I doing something wrong? I've never been on hormonal birth control. And all the doctors wanted to do was prescribe me hormonal birth control. Right. They would, you know, do the pap smear and do an exam. You look good. Do you want to go on birth control? <laughs> you say that I'm healthy and I don't need birth control if I'm not trying to have a baby and I'm not sexually active. So right. help me understand why you're giving me this drug right. to put a Band-Aid on a non-existing problem in your eyes. Right. So that to me was like a red flag that there's something that either the doctors aren't telling us or... I don't know and they don't know. Yeah. And I've always been one to just want to always learn and experiment on myself before doing it sure. for somebody else. So that was what kind of led this journey to learning more about the holistic nutrition side. And another piece to the hormones that I found out this past year was I developed a food sensitivity and that was derived from eggs. Now I've grown up eating eggs my whole life. Right. And you know, I'm age 28. I was eating them, I think two or three times a day during my competition prep last year. Right. And I was getting this terrible cystic acne and we thought it was a gut imbalance. And then we were like, well, maybe it's your hormones are off because you're in competition prep, which is usually a sign that can happen for women. Okay. And I just, once I was done with the show, I started eating normally and it wouldn't go away. So I'm like, I'm going to just try and do a very strict, extreme elimination diet. This is probably the most extreme anyone can do is you're getting rid of the top seven allergens. You're getting histamines out, no citrus. Um, the only drinks you can have is pretty much water and water. Uh, <laughs> anything that could technically do a flare up. I cleared out of my system for two months. Okay. And then I slowly reintroduced them back. And that's when I was really diving deep into the hormone connection to the gut and okay. not just the reproductive system. Because essentially it all ties together. The yeah, brain sure. to the gut to the reproductive system. Yeah. And even as like a competitive athlete, it made me question, do I want to do the sport anymore? Right. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And I want to have children right. and I don't want to have zits all over my face. Right. And this is actually right now is the clearest my skin has been in over two years. And I, the only makeup I have on right now is for my eye makeup and lipstick. So it's been just like a remarkable journey for me and going through my own like mental and physical hardships because so many women out there, they feel so insecure in their skin. And I've always been very confident. Right. That was the most insecure I'd ever felt in my life. And even around my husband, I like didn't want to wear no makeup because I was embarrassed with how poor my skin looked. Wow. 
And it's awesome how you use the frustration, though, to drive you to figure this out, not only for yourself, but for other women, though, because I mean, I've, I've been to the doctor, like you said, and where you can tell they're just like, well, we ran this test, this test, and this test, and everything looks great. And you're like, well, wait a minute. No, hold on. It's not great. You know, it's not great. You know what? I love that you actually took that and ran with it and actually figured out what's going on and you're helping other people do that. So um, let me ask you this just really quick. Is it very helpful that uh, David is in bodybuilding as well? Is that, is that something, a good support system that helps you at home? It's a great question. <laughs> and it is, I think, so I get a lot of questions about our relationship because Dave and I are both competitive bodybuilders, sure. both type A personality. And if people see us like in person, they call us a power couple, if you will. Now, both of us developed our passions before meeting one another. Gotcha. And I think it's extremely important that no matter if you're in a relationship with a friend or your partner, that you need to have common ground on what, what is like the top two things that you, your fire is lit that you can yeah. just talk about all day. And you need to have some commonality with that person, but in bodybuilding, especially it's very important that your partner understands what you're going through from not only the physical aspect, but the mental aspect. Sure. And <laughs> David and I experienced last year that he and I don't do well doing a prep together. And you would right. think we could, right? right? Because if we're both very mental fortitude, so strong, we can handle anything. But your partner is there to support you. And to your point, the bodybuilding as a sport is very individualized and it's almost selfish to an extent because yeah. nobody else is going to push you in the gym or make sure you're eating all your meals or getting your sleep or getting your water like you will. And there hits a point during prep where you – that is like, if you're going in to win it, you have to be 90 to 100% focused right. on that. You make sacrifices in other areas of your life. And that's where it can be really challenging to difficult or to balance a healthy relationship or a family. And sure. we don't have kids yet. So I can't even imagine. Imagine you throw that extra like, on the, Yeah. Yep. So I, we get that question a lot. And I think it's really important, not even just in bodybuilding, but if there's two parents or a couple that are very career driven and all they do is work on their career and work on their career, you're leaving your relationship out to dry because right. you have to keep putting energy into it. If you want it to not only be sustained, but to grow and evolve. Yeah. And that's awesome too, because just because you like certain of the same things doesn't mean you're the same person. I think a lot of people confuse that. And I mean, that's, you know, part of what you're saying is you have to understand just because we both like bodybuilding, we both liked it before. And we're, that doesn't mean we do things the exact same way. So I, I love that point. Um, well, tell us a little bit about being one of the first top U.S. Uh, wellness bodybuilding athletes. Yeah, absolutely. So I found out wellness was coming out in 2019. After I'd just done a national show in Charleston, I placed fourth in figure. Okay. And the judges' feedback was, you love your physique. They actually told me I have Olympia caliber physique, but you either need to bring down your legs or grow your entire upper body. Okay. And I, at that point, was just like, I've been training my butt off to grow my upper body for right. over a year. It was actually two years I took off to try and grow my shoulders, my back. And I kept getting injuries and I was having the hardest time. And I was actually questioning if I was going to continue in the sport. 
and then they announced wellness in, I believe it was September, because that was when the Olympia was happening. And I started looking at pictures of some of these South, South American women who are competitors, some of the women in Europe. And I was like, you know, I might as well try a new division because right. it's leg dominant. You don't really need to develop the upper body anymore. Or at least I didn't. And I just was going to make that my focus. So before COVID happened, I was already planning to hit the stage in fall of 2020. Okay. Then COVID happened. And I'm right. like, perfect. Because it lined up a bunch of national shows back to back. So nice. in bodybuilding, a lot of people don't realize. I actually got a question this other day was, what do you get out of bodybuilding? I was like, well, you don't get paid. That's for sure. Right. Essentially, you're paying to participate because at an amateur level, you don't get paid cash prizes or anything. And the shows themselves, I mean, you're spending over a thousand, sometimes $2,000 to just do one show. Wow. And so we knew I was going to do fall 2020 and start getting ready for a local show in Florida just to step on stage and get warmed up for a national show, even though I'm already nationally qualified. So did the Mel Harbor Classic in august and i ended up winning the overall which was oh, awesome and the f head judge she's also the head judge for some of these national and pro shows and i asked Helpful. her feedback <laughs> yeah so it's convenient that she's there because it not only gets her feedback but she also will start to recognize me as i'm stepping on other stages That's and awesome. although people say like politics aren't involved it helps to get your face in front of the judges oh i'm sure so I'm sure, yeah. just like anything else. And it's funny you say that about bodybuilding because people say that to me about books all the time too. They're like, oh, you must make so much money off books. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> your expertise is definitely helpful in other areas where you can make money, but nobody's paying me millions of dollars, even though, even when it's, you know, so I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. So um, mm -hmm. where do you get your inspiration and your drive from? You know, a lot of my um, self-motivation is just trying to better myself as a person and growing up on the farm specifically i was kind of like the boy of the family it was just my sister and i doing right. physical labor with the cattle with bailing hay in the summertime i was always involved with 4-h and ffa and band you know a lot of community activities and all those things it kind of i think that was my baseline that developed that internal discipline and drive and since i've grown up it's evolved more that i don't want to just serve people i want to be able to be better at serving people That's and i've always just been very focused on personal development anyway sure one of the leadership development traits that i've done is the um strengths finder oh, and nice. my strength my top strength in strengths finder is maximizer oh so i'm always trying to you know sharp, uh, culture the pearl and make it better yeah. and i've found that even as a coach now i have a high standard for the people i work with yep. if you aren't committed to your goals i can't work with you because i need to be level here i need to meet you on the table that you are ready and if you're below where i'm at sorry, I've got other people who are ready to invest themselves and yeah. are ready to dedicate time to evolving. And I think like 
you ask, where do I get it from? Like even on a day-to-day basis is how can I show up and make the world around me better? Yeah. And even the past two weeks, I had a really hard past two weeks mentally and I had to dig myself out of the ditch because for some reason I was just in this, this cloud of, Oh, woe is me. I don't, you know, what's going on with my life. I've got so many moving pieces and I couldn't get it all straight. Right. And then it just like clicked one day. I was listening to a podcast while driving to work and I was like, you know, I don't have it all that bad. And actually I have a lot to be thankful for and people are looking up to me for that. And that's actually one of the characteristics people always compliment me is that I'm extremely authentic and raw with my life and I'm vulnerable in that way. And I've never been like growing up, I was not extremely open about my insecurities or hard times. And now I feel like that's my strong suit is I can finally like share my emotion and feel the emotion. So it's kind of like, you know, some of the internal factors that motivate me. And then I also use, like I was saying, I listen to podcasts. I love reading books. I love um, spending time with people at the coffee shop or just getting to know somebody you meet at the park. Like that's what motivates me is how am I going to give back to the world? That's there's so much awesome stuff there. Cause I, I love personal development as well, you know, um, big time. And anybody who bails, Hey, I really think that's a trait. <laughs> I mean, cause we did it growing up. I mean, I, I really think I would love to be able to put that on a, like a, like a, a job resume. If you bailed, Hey, please contact us at such and such and such. Because, I mean, <laughs> there's so much work ethic that goes in it. And I was in 4-H as well. So that's all, that's all very good and awesome backstory. So I I'm, I'm digging it. That's cool. Um, why do you think it's important for women to weight train? Because I get this, it's, this is a good topic because I think a lot of women need this advice. So. Mm-hmm. so I was actually, like I was saying, I grew up slimmer and I didn't know how to get my body to look the way I wanted it to because I wanted to have muscle tone and almost more of like an athletic model look. And when I started training for bodybuilding, I realized that you know, even growing up on the farm, yeah, I could lift like buckets of feed and I could pull a steer around the ring, like those types of things. Sure. But if you are, you're trying to strengthen your body for aesthetics or also health and performance, weight training has so many benefits on the body from not only the way your body looks, but also your metabolism. Right. When you have more lean tissue, usually you can eat more food. Now it should be healthy food either way, but a lot of women are also insecure about their stomachs or their legs. When you start weight training, we can't spot reduce fat, but a lot of the times that um, stimulus and increasing that cardiovascular health, but also the strength from using the weights, you can see a huge change in your physique and have a body recomposition happen. Right. So a lot of women also when they start weight training, notice that they have more energy throughout the day, more positive attitude, higher endorphins. Um, You're also preventing issues down the road with things like heart disease, osteoporosis. When you lift weights, you're strengthening your bones, not just your muscles. Right. And so being able to add that in now, even if you're only weight training three or four times a week for 30 minutes to an hour, that is going to benefit you the next 10 years than not picking up a weight. Yep. 
So I think it's extremely important. That's what I'm passionate about is like the muscle building and the nutrition side, I think are super important. I think that's awesome too, because do you find that a lot of your clients, when they first come to you, do you find that they try to like cardio themselves to death versus weight training? And you're just like, no, no. (laughs) You know, I mean, as far as that goes, I just, I'm just going to cardio 24 seven and then I'll be in the shape I want. And and weight training is such more of an intricate part of that than most people realize. I think from the get go. Well, and to your point specifically, I think women lean on cardio because either number one, they don't know how to properly do weight training or have never done a program. But number two, they get insecure in the gym because it's male dominant. Right. And so a lot of women don't want to walk up to the dumbbell rack and grab dumbbells because they're like, well, if I'm only grabbing the fives or tens, people are going to judge me and stare at me, which isn't always true. You know, right. I know a lot of people at my home gym, a lot of guys that will help out girls if they're starting to weight train or they need a spot or anything like that or need help correcting their form. Um, But to your point about just like the cardio versus weight training, there's a, it's good to have both. And I think it's healthy to have both depending on a person's metabolic um, health, because to your point, if they are overtraining on the cardio, you can have metabolic damage and might not be able to start putting on muscle and seeing weight loss or seeing those body changes that they want until they cut back on the cardio. So it takes a little bit of an adjustment. And that's why you typically hire a coach so that they can help you and saying, you know, we're going to start you slow with three weight training sessions a week. I'd love you to keep cardio in there, but just do walking for 20 minutes with your husband or your boyfriend. Or maybe you're going to go out to lunch with some girls, go get lunch and take a 10 minute walk after you eat to improve your digestion, which is, it does help. Right. I, there's actually um, one of the fitness influencers and she's a coach as well that I follow talks about taking 10 minute walks three times a day. So if you're eating three meals a day, you eat and then you take a 10 minute walk right afterwards. So it gets you 30 minutes of cardio and instead of just sitting down, it actually does improve your digestion rate and the nutrient absorption if you're moving even just a slow pace of a walk. That's a good point. That's, I, I've never even thought of that, but that's, that's a really good point. That's, that's great for the viewers to understand that because uh, I've had indigestion problems as well and, and different uh, stomach issues throughout my, my life. So that's a really good point and a good tip. What do you think the most undervalued part of bodybuilding uh, is for, um, women's health so dennis i think i hit on this in the beginning is that for me bodybuilding is just a segue to creating that discipline and habits in other areas of my life okay and i think for women specifically bodybuilding is not meant for everyone sure and you can do a bodybuilding competition but like i said it might develop some mental health issues from that right so if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle and do as a bodybuilder does, the best way is you can live a sustainable, healthy lifestyle with similar habits that a bodybuilder has. For example, meal prepping on Sundays so that you have food prepared and you're not tempted to go eat out every day at work. Right. Or I actually schedule in my calendar, my stretching and yoga days because that's something I'm really bad at. I love doing the weight training. 
Right. But I'm finally starting to fall in love with the yoga and the stretching again. So actually scheduling it in your calendar. And then make a point of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the extra piece to that is if you are trying to be serious about weight training and you want to start putting on muscle, you need to either do your own research or you need to hire a coach that's going to help you. Because we all know that if we don't have somebody to hold us accountable, eight times out of 10, we're not going to do it. Right. Absolutely. And I, I love what you said. And this is another point going back to you about being a coach and people getting coaching is, is you understand, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, everybody's body is different. So you have to figure out, and I think that's what's so cool about your journey. You have to figure out what works for your body and what you need to get that shape that you want. And sometimes it, it will either take you forever to figure out on your own, or you can get a coach and you can get that figured out a lot sooner. And uh, I, one of my last things I want to ask before I figure out how to get a hold of you for everybody, what do you figure that the personal development helps you with a lot of that with organizing your meal preps and everything? Absolutely. Um, if you ask anybody from even high school and college days, one of my best skills that I've always been really good at is organization. Okay. So I've always been extremely organized. And I think that's been a benefit for me down the road is I always make to-do lists. I always make lists of, okay, I need to get these five things from the grocery store or even tracking my workouts. I have a log in my phone of, okay, today is my leg day. This is what I'm doing. This is what weights I use. How did it feel? What was my time under tension? And that's extremely analytical, right? Absolutely. You don't have to be that extreme and detailed, but you have to have some type of organization in your life if you're going to progress in anything. Right. That's typically why we have managers and bosses at work. Right. Is because that's their job. Yeah. But if you can take accountability and you can figure out, okay, I can do this on my own or I know myself enough that I need to hire help. Yep. That's what you got to do. And that's self-awareness. A lot of people don't have, unfortunately, but that also takes time, just like anything. Yeah, I love, I love it. And I love the fact that you're a coach. And, and the specific area that you're a coach in, too, you know, we're probably going to share that, some of that on our website, too. Um, how is the best way to get a hold of you or, or somebody to follow you if, if they want to? Absolutely. So I am on all social media platforms, Dennis. Uh, most commonly on Instagram at Strong Sweet Caroline. And then on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel as well with workouts, nutrition tips, relationship advice. Just search Strong Sweet Caroline. And you can email me, strongsweetcaroline at gmail.com. So I try and keep it consistent. Yep. And then I'm on Facebook as Caroline D. Mesquita. Yep. And I check out all your platforms as long as your website and a lot of very, very good information for our viewers. We appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. Um, and, and we look forward to working with you in the future too, Caroline. Thank you for the opportunity, Dennis, and you keep owning your evolution. So I expect to hear you're taking this 10 minute walks. I, I love it. Yes. Thank you very much. And I, for everybody at home, we just want you to live to inspire. Thank you.